Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. One of the most exciting things you'll find in the New Testament is the study of the churches uh, in the book of Acts and then the letters that Paul would write and different things that Peter might say concerning some of the churches, even in the book of Revelation. But the first two prominent ones that we have is the church at Jerusalem and the church at Antioch. And uh, they both would start planting churches. But, Nathan, it was quite different for the reason. Uh, The church at Jerusalem, they were satisfied being there. They were enjoying each other's company, and they were people like Barnabas that would sell property so that, you know, the saints could stay there and be trained. And they were kind of staying there, not moving out. And then persecution came, called the dispersion, and they went all over because they had come from all over. But the other one is Antioch, and they were up in Antioch where they were first called Christians, and they purposefully sent men out, three of them, Barnabas and Paul, and he was called Saul then, and then John Mark. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'd rather do it the Antioch method than the Jerusalem method, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, you know, you nobody is wanting uh, persecution. Um, whether it comes or not, you know, that's, we believe we're in, you know, in God's hands with that, but um, I believe we all want to be a part of a church that is a sending church that sends people out uh, as mission workers uh, to plant churches, to make disciples of the nations uh, wherever they are sent. Um, man, there's nothing more exciting. I really believe this. There's nothing more exciting than being a part of a local church that sends out workers into the uttermost parts of the earth. I agree with you. We see that in the church in Antioch. I agree with you. And when I've done that, not like we should, not like Antioch, but it has been a joy to be a part of that. The church at Antioch, uh, they did this, and they did it purposeful. When you read Acts chapter 13, and it says that they sent them out, the real Greek language says they released them to go. Now, what had happened, Barnabas and, and Paul had become part of their fellowship. Barnabas had come up from Jerusalem. Paul had come over from Tarsus, and they had become a part of that fellowship with that year they were there. But then when God started calling and speaking to their hearts, it says the church released them. You know, sometimes a local church wants to keep those leaders and not want to share. But Antioch, they gave two of their most important leaders and sent them out, didn't they? Yeah, and and it's a uh, countercultural, counterintuitive, uh, I guess, way of l- multiplying leaders in a local church, and that's by sending out your leaders uh, to to leave and to uh, and to plant new churches. And the church at Antioch did this. And again, uh, here in America, we, the church, we owe our roots. We can go back to Antioch. Many of us can. Yeah, you can't trace every step. 
But because of that mission effort, it would change the world, and the Apostle Paul and them uh, would do that. And then, Nathan, what they'd do after they got through with their missionary journeys, they would come back to Antioch, and I think they'd be rejuvenated. You know, the church didn't just send them out. They supported them, and they encouraged them as well, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. It's good to have a mission-sending base that you leave from, but that you can also return to, and uh, it 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 fulfills is impartial fulfillment of what Jesus, you know, gave them to make disciples of all the nations. That requires a sending church to do that. And again, Jesus is the model. He would send the twelve out, but then they'd come back and they'd give a report of what took place. He sent the seventy out, and they came back, gave a report about what all was taking place. So the church receiving missionaries and hearing what they're doing encourages the missionaries, but it also challenges those who are going to follow, who God's hand is upon them. And in our interview today, we're going to hear from someone uh, that we heard from last weekend that's going to share with you about what God's doing and how he operates in taking the message of Christ here and around the world. We want your church to be involved, and may you be encouraged as you hear this interview to be a part of starting churches as we disciple followers of Jesus Christ. Our guest today on Exploring Missions for the second weekend in a row is Dr. Mark Davis. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Bird. He's president of the Worldwide Church Planters, and their headquarters is in Ripley, Mississippi. And uh, the website is wwcp.org. And uh, when I heard you uh, in devotion here at AFR, I heard this message that came out loud and clear. God calls individuals to be on mission Mm -hmm. if you've been saved. You mean if you're saved, you're not exempt from being, quote, on mission for God, Mark? You're absolutely right. Uh, I believe that all of us who are born again today have been called of God. Uh, I want to say to you that there are three basic callings that all of us will be faced with. We're called to be saved. We're called to serve. And they were called to go home. And while we're here, all of us have been given a mandate by Jesus Christ to serve him. And that being said, what that will help us to understand, that mission that we've been placed into, that we've been given by the Lord Jesus, is to take the word of God around the world so that others that have not yet heard will have an opportunity to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I believe everybody ought to have the right to hear the gospel at least once. Amen. And there's so many that have never heard. When I see the name of of your ministry, Worldwide Church Planters, Mm -hmm. why church planters? Why not uh, worldwide missionary effort, worldwide gospel effort? Why church planters? We wanted to be very distinct in what we are, who we are, and what we do. You know, our goal is to go into an area where there's no church and to share the gospel so that we can bring together a core group of people to form a church. I think Jesus was highly interested in the church. I think that was the <laughs> the gift that he gave to this world is the church. And because that is what I believe and what the Bible teaches us, we ought to be doing more of that and giving people an opportunity to assemble together. Uh, the, the writer of Hebrews taught us that, you know, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. If there's not an assembly, then how can you come together? And that's what church is all about is to be that assembly. Well, when you go to a country, and and you've been to many countries, uh, the organization having you have as well, 
and you go in and you say, okay, we're going to plant a church. Mm-hmm. Would you go through the process a little bit? Sure. Two things. Uh, firstly, sometimes we know what we're doing before we get there, meaning that who we're going to be working with, and there's sometimes we have no idea. There have been times I've gone on a plane and gone to a country not knowing anyone and just be amazed at who comes to meet us and what de- relationships are developed. Burundi is one of those countries. We didn't know anyone there. And I was in a different country and got on a bus and went to Burundi, and and God just began to bring the right people to us. But our goal is to have a nucleus of individuals, men or women, who would want to plant a church. Now, we hold that men are to be the pastors, but we will work with ladies that want to plant a church. And so we'll train them on what it means to be a church planter. We'll help them identify a place in their country where a church is needed. And then once that identification happens, me or someone like me will go with them into that village or in that town, and we'll spend some time doing evangelism, door-to-door, street preaching, sharing the gospel through tracts, handing out Bibles. And once we're able to build some relationships, we want to pull those individuals together and help them to understand what it means to study the Word of God. By the way, you'll never be a disciple unless you study the Bible. You mean they go together? They, they do go together. <laughs> and so we take the Word of God and we begin to share with that congregation that's going to be a church. And as that begins to unfold, uh, the church is formed. And then we come back in many ways. We train those men to train their churches on how to reproduce themselves. So basically, let me go back over that. Four points to what we do. We train men. Secondly, we do evangelism in the community. Thirdly, we bring together a nucleus of people to form the church. And then fourthly, how to reproduce themselves. You know, when I hear that, that sure does sound a lot like Paul's strategy. In it the is. That's exactly so where we got it from. It wasn't discovered by... No, it's not anything new. <laughs> sure we, does sound like Paul. <laughs> Dr. Steve Wilkes and I just sat down to one day, opened the book of Acts, and said, here's what's happening And uh, in the book of Acts, and we made it a part of our lives. I figured if it was good enough for Paul, it must be good enough for the rest of us yeah. as well. There's another scripture, just talking about Jesus being interested in it, you know, when he sent them out. 70, and he sent them the 12 out, sent them to Luke chapter 10. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, notice he, he was looking for a possibility of a person of peace. You yes. know, that one person mm-hmm. that it, God uses. It, it, usually that's the case. It is. It's and, usually one. Like Lydia exactly. at, at Philippi, there was no synagogue there. So that kind of disrupted Paul's strategy. He usually go yeah. to the synagogue, got to right. Philippi. It wasn't a synagogue there. It wasn't 10 right. Jewish men there. But he heard about a group meeting on the riverbank. That's Lydia right. was, seemed, you were talking about earlier about women teachers and everything. Uh, I, a lot of folks have trouble with Lydia. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> do. You know, God used her to plant a church. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Isn't that awesome? Though? Well, the woman at the well. Go back yeah. and think about her in uh, John chapter 4. You know, Jesus went to uh, Samaria. He went where nobody else wanted to go and meets this woman at the well. And disciples are out finding food. And uh, through her, a church is planted. Jesus stays there some time. And, and as he does so, able to share with the men of the, of the village. And, you know, great things were happening. God works through men and women. He does. Amen. Well, when I hear this, this how how to do it, uh, it the reason I, have we complicated that in America? I know you're we spending have. most of the time there, but we've complicated we that here. Sometimes all you need to do is start a Bible study in an apartment dwelling. We planted a church here in the United States. In fact, down in the Pensacola, Florida area, 
And it's very unique, and, and probably one day I need to write this up because I've never seen it anywhere else. But there was a shut-in family, and that shut-in family had uh, contacted me, wanted me to come over and talk to them and just share some scripture. You know, they weren't able to go to church, so did that. When I arrived, there were about 25, 30 people there. They invited everybody that they knew to come. <laughs> and uh, from that, a church was started by a shut-in couple. Again, it goes against all the norms of what is taught today in seminary about how to plant churches. We have found that if their folks want to come together, you can plant a church today. Yeah, uh, I heard we were on a building program where I was pastoring. He was talking about it. I said, if we were just in East Africa, all we'd need is a shade tree. Exactly and right. uh, and I, I saw a film one time, like Church in the Park, yeah. where a group of people mm-hmm. started just reaching out to some young people there and playing basketball, throwing the Frisbee, and then they would have a Bible study. Right. And then all of a sudden, some of the adults of those kids started showing up. And mm-hmm. Before long, they had a church called it Church in the Park. Absolutely. And uh, so we – does Satan usually complicate things? He does, and many times we allow that, but we think we got rules and regulations you got to go by in order to be a church. Um, and as he does complicate things – Obviously, church planting diminishes rather than expands the way it ought to. As we look at some of the places you've been, I would love to tell you the three that stuck out when I heard you in the devotion, Amazon, Mm -hmm. uh, East Africa, Mm -hmm. and then in Russia. Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. Eastern Europe. Would you share some of those experiences you had? Let's start with the Amazon. I, uh, I heard this about the possibility of God opening up a whole group of of people mm-hmm. to hear the gospel. That's exciting. And mm-hmm. when you hear this, I want you to, you that are listening, write this down as a prayer need yes. that God would continue to open these doors. But would you share some of those? We began our ministry in uh, 1999, the Amazon. Dr. Steve Wilkes and I flew down to see what was going on in the Amazon. And we walked away saying, you know, this is where we need to hang our hat for a while. And, of course, we have. I've traveled all the rivers and tributaries that's in the Amazon Basin. And by doing that, it's given us a chance to go to villages where, you know, that no one's ever been. I was in a, I was going down the river on the Amazon River one particular day in our boat and noticed in the jungle that there was some, the, it seemed like the water was troubled. And so I was on a John boat. I said, let me turn that boat there. And so I kind of batted through the, uh, the jungle. It was flooded out in that area. Finally came up on a, a tributary, went up that tributary, found a village. Got out of my boat, went up to meet the leader of the village. Got to get permission from them first before you can do anything else. Got the permission and was able to bring all the people in the village together, share the gospel. When we were finished, a lady came up and she said, I need you to meet somebody. And I said, okay. And she said, you see the lady right over here? And I said, sure. She got all, all the folks in the village together two days ago. She said she had a dream. And she said to the village, all the, all the folks in the village, somebody's coming with an important message. We need to be ready. And so we've been waiting for you to show up to tell us what you told us today. Now, that's how God works. By the way, I'm getting Jesus, Jesus bumps. <laughs> uh, but that's how God works. You know, if we're just so willing to go, God opens doors. I was in uh, a city called Tefe uh, a few years back arrived during a time called Carnival. At that, time, at that point, I didn't even know what Carnival was. Yeah. 
And so we're out working, and I realize there's thousands upon thousands of people that are gathering. Man, what an opportunity to street preach and share the gospel. So we're doing a lot of that and attracting attention and sharing the gospel, and the bands were on the stage doing their thing. And uh, God began to just penetrate my heart, and as he did so, he's— God and I are having a conversation now. He pressed on my heart, you need to go to that stage, tell them to stop playing, and give you an opportunity to preach. And so I told God, basically, now listen, they're not going to do that. You know, first, I take a translator. Secondly, I'm not even the right culture person. They're not going to allow me to do that. And God just kept pounding in my heart. So I grabbed a hold of a translator and said, well, God has told us. Now, I hope you hear the change of pronouns. First, God is telling me, but I told the translator, God's told us, uh, we need to go to that stage. He looked at me and says, it will not happen. They will not allow you to do that. We got there anyway, got to the back of the stage. They, folks that were the security didn't want to allow us on, on uh, uh, even up the stairwell to have a conversation. But the mayor of the city walked up and said, why are you here? And I told him exactly what God had laid on my heart. And he said, after this song, I will interrupt them and you will be able to preach. Now, think about that. That's, what a coincidence, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, if that's not God, I don't know what it is. is. You know, These that, are God times, yeah, aren't the, they? The over 30,000 people is what he told me was out in mm. front of me and was able to preach. They had been uh, drinking, doing drugs, uh, immorality right out there in the streets. Uh, I began to preach, and when I finished, gave an invitation. Many made an indication that they were giving their lives to Jesus Christ. Mm. And they began to chant, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Led the uh, mayor of the city to the Lord. He said, if you'll come back every year, I'll let you go to the stage. And uh, after that, I'd go back, and every night, three nights in a row, I was on stage. Uh, out of San Paulo, they, were, they brought up news teams to put us on uh, TV to show. And the caption was, the American preacher <laughs> preaching at Carnival. <laughs> Uh, just, you know, we've seen God do some things like that. And then unreached people groups. Uh, we've been able to touch some groups of people that have never heard the gospel. And God just continues to open those doors. Pray for us. This coming uh, September, uh, the invitation is for us to go into a reservation of about 70. Now, I'm not going to share names because right. uh, that's confidential information. But uh, to be able to go in with an invitation from the government from the president of the reservation to go village to village and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, make that a matter of prayer that God would continue to bless mm-hmm. and get every, all the travel restrictions taken care Absolutely. of so you can go. Because I've talked to <clears throat> several missionaries that mm-hmm. the, there's some stuck in, on furlough and they want to be back in their right. country and they're here. And so, so many things like That's that. That's the way something. we are. We want to be there. And, yeah, yeah. And we have to be here because yeah. we just can't get out of the country. Our guest today, again, is Dr. Mark Davis. He is president of the Worldwide Church Planters. And by the way, that website, if you want to know more about them, is wwcp.org, wwcp.org. Well, I know you've worked in East Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, have you have you had the opportunity to be in Asia, or has, has that been I've been limited? in China, well, been Kazakhstan and China, China. two main countries there that but, we've been able to work. But you're mm-hmm. working there, and I, I heard something this morning about... Uh, starting a church with 
a thousand people or something real quickly on well, one that was, day. Now, that was listen, in uh, that's East not Africa. supposed to happen. Oh, that's yeah. in East, well, go, East let's Af- go to Africa and right. there then. <laughs> uh, getting, I'm getting my stories mixed up. That, that's they okay. were so fascinating. I yeah. just wanted you to repeat them. Yeah. Uh, we've done a lot of work in East Africa, and God has continued to open doors there. And In fact, we're working in some areas where there's no evangelical missionaries at all. And uh, we trained several men in, in a country called Burundi, and we had scheduled a time together to start a church. And a lot of times when we do form churches, we'll see you know a few people there, sometimes less than 100. Although I can tell you other stories where that's been just the reverse of that, where it's been hundreds of thousands. But anyway, we, uh, we were scheduled to have a first church service. We had all the men there. In fact, we brought some brothers from other churches that we had trained that were going to help us that day to kind of introduce folks. And we expected probably about 100 people. Didn't do any public advertising. Over 3,000 people showed up. <laughs> it was just phenomenal just to look around and see wall-to-wall people wanting to hear the gospel. Now, this, by the way, Bert, was on the side of a mountain. And as you look at the mountain, there's not a lot of houses. So I don't know where they came from, yep. but uh, they did. They they just poured out. The fields out. were wide under harvest. They were. They were. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I've seen that happen. Uh, in, on, on some of the thing uh, mission trips mm-hmm. that I've been to, and I'd go, and I said, there's not much there, but when you get there, the people are there. Yeah, and, you know, the power of the gospel is such, and let me tell you a real quick story here. Um, this last time that we were in East Africa, I took my brother with me, and uh, we were going to do a crusade in, in a particular village that I've been praying over for some time. And uh, he was going to preach, and so he did. When he, he preached and several responded, a man walked up, took him by the hand, and said, you know, I, I need to tell the people something. Now, I'm always a little leery as a pastor when somebody says, can I talk to the church? But uh, he allowed and allowed him to do that, and he took a microphone, and he said, listen, I need to I want to first tell you that I gave my life to Jesus today, but I need to ask you to forgive me. I'm one of the men that's been a part of the rebels that's been coming into killing people in your communities, and I want you to forgive me for doing just that. Now, you can always tell who the real church is when somebody's been attacking your family, <clears throat> killing people, and they're willing to hug their hug his neck and say, we forgive you. God just did a miraculous thing there. That sounds like a lot like what took place in Ecuador in 1955 and 56 with yes, sir. the Elliots and exactly right. and then and what's happened as a result of that? What's happened? Absolutely. That's that's a God thing. It is a God thing. And let me let me insert right here for all of us, especially for your listeners. You know, God is just waiting for us to say yes to Him, to be surrendered, for Him to do something beyond our understanding. I put it in, the, in a word like this: unmistakable Jesus Christ. God wants to do an, an unmistakable work in all of our lives if we would just say, "God, I surrender." Whatever you want me to do, wherever it may be, I'm yours. And God begins to work. Listen, there are right now 17,473 people groups in the world. 7,441 have never heard the name of Jesus. That's 42% of the population of people groups. And the population individually, 7.76 billion people on the planet 3.24 billion people have never heard the name of Jesus. That's 41%. We're not winning the battle. We're losing. The population is growing exponentially, but our work is not growing exponentially. If we as the church, I'm not talking about denominationalism. I'm talking about the church. 
which would be those that are born-again believers, if we would just say to God, listen, we're going to stop playing around with this, we're going to get serious, and we're going to win the world. You heard me say in the devotion time, I believe we can win the world to Jesus in our lifetime. Now, what the Bible says and all those going through the tribulation and whatnot, not my business. My business is to work like we can win the world to Jesus. What would happen if churches said, we're going to set aside our indifference and we're going to get focused on this one thing to impact the world for Jesus? Could we then be the people that turn the world upside down? Are you telling me, Mark, that missions is more important than the carpet in <laughs> or the pothole in the parking lot? Yes, sir. Are you telling me that the church yes, ought to make missions a priority? It ought to be. And we, we not only make it a priority, but understand that God God works in ways that we don't understand. Yeah. And if we would just be willing to say what I just said a while ago, say yes to God and be willing to go, uh, there, people around the world are waiting to hear the truth. There's not another message that can solve their problems. Now, does that take away their financial problems? No. Does that take away uh, the community issues? No, it does not. But you see, the greatest problem that man has is the problem of sin. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's run real quickly to Eastern Europe so I can tell you the story. when Eastern Europe, uh, the brother that was leading our ministry, we God gives us those men of peace in each nation, and they sort of head up what we are doing. Anyway, he said we're going to go to um, go over to the school and let you preach there. And I said, okay, that'd be fine. What kind of school is this? He said, well, this is where they train doctors and nurses, a medical school. And so I'm in the in the city, and so we go to the medical school and. Uh, they usher me into a large room, and they, all of a sudden, all these men and women come in, sit down, and they say, well, these are the doctors that are being, or future doctors that are being trained. And so I uh, began to think about it, pray about it, and God just laid something on my heart. So I get up in the podium. They introduced me as Dr. Mark Davis. And so they didn't understand what that doctor was, obviously. <laughs> right, right. And so I said to them, I said, listen, I've spent my whole life studying the worst disease that man will ever be faced with, and I discovered a cure. And I want to share that cure with you today. Oh, you should have seen them. They were getting paper, pencils out, get on the edge of their seat, ready to write. You know, I'm going to give you the formula today. Amen. And I began to preach about what sin was and how sin wrecks our lives and destroys our lives. And and I began to share that the greatest antidote for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. And almost everyone gave their heart to the Lord that day, made a public profession of faith. We started a church there. Now, that church rotates out every three years. We've got new people coming in every year, obviously. But we have a pastor that's there, has been there for several years now, and they have church every Sunday. Amen. And they continue the work from that little conversation with those future doctors and nurses. Amen. You know, uh, a lot of churches, uh, in I would say, in areas that are highly mobile, mm-hmm. They have a new church every five years anyway. So Absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, they we, come we and served they go. in Jacksonville for a while, yeah. and, and most of our folks were military. Yeah. And so, you know, they get orders. We have a new crop coming in and a new and right. old, old one going out. So no excuse no for excuse. starting that church. No excuse whatsoever. Mark, thank you for being with us on Exploring Missions. It thank has you. been a joy to have you these two weekends and you sharing what God's doing. Amen. It is 
You know, we read the book of Acts, we get so excited about what he did in Acts. Hey, we need to get excited what he's doing now, don't we? Absolutely. You know, the book of Acts is the only incomplete book in all the Bible. That's right. And so we're still in the <laughs> Acts still 29, aren't we? Amen. Again, our guest has been Dr. Mark Davis. He's world. He's president of the Worldwide Church Planters, and the website is www.cp.org. If you want to know more about it, go to that website and get involved in missions no matter when, how, or where. Any place, anytime, anything, Lord, I'm willing. Amen. Thank you for being with us, Mark. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless you. Our guest today has been Mark Davis. And yes, he is planting churches as God is using him. Let God use you in at least sharing the gospel with those that need to know him. 